This is the Hope Not Note podcast, where we answer your questions and share inspirational stories to fill your soul with hope. Our mission is to empower hope to those who have been plagued by nope. I'm Dr. Dylan Caswell. And I'm Brandy. And we're here to bring you out of the nope and into hope. Welcome back to the 15th episode of the Hope Not Note podcast. Patty Mahomes! <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> We are so excited to be here with you and thrilled that you are listening. It's the 15th episode. We love Patrick Mahomes. Here we are. But speaking of football, I'm going to dive into my hope story. So thanks for the tee up. You didn't know you were going to do that. But this past weekend or this past week, we went to my nephew Ryland's football game. And it was just so special because my brother coaches sports. He coaches football basketball and track and he's a he's a phenomenal coach from my perspective a little old school which is nice because I feel like we don't have enough old school coaches but he also just genuinely cares and I feel like all he does is read books about coaching and watch videos and just continues to want to learn how to be a better coach to better serve the young people because he knows you know he played football in college and stuff like he knows that it's it's more about character development than anything else. And so it was just so special because my brother for the first time ever is coaching my nephew in football. And so my hope story one was that we got to make the day trip down because it was such a nice day. We got to see my dad and my sister and my nephew and then my nephew was playing and my brother. So it was just like, oh, it was just so great to get to see everybody. And, you know, it was on a Wednesday. So it's the middle of the week. Typically, you know, you can't drive the four hours down in the middle of the week, but we got to do that. And my hope story is that we, one, we did that and we really spent time with um, my family and all that, but also that they won. Like it was so cool to watch my eighth grade nephew get to win a football game and it's only their second one of the year. They only have two more games left. And so it was just so special to get to be part of it. Um, And in addition to that too, how excited he was that we were there. Like he, he was doing the cool like middle school thing where you don't want to show that you're excited, but you're excited. But then as soon as the game was over and they were done in their huddle, it was so beautiful to watch the seventh and eighth grade boys just screaming, running with their helmets off, all like back to the sideline to then go like say hi to their parents real quick before hopping on the bus. And so my nephew like ran up to us, was so pumped. Even my brother like came over and it was just a really like special experience because living four hours away, I don't necessarily get to um, go to all of the sporting events for my nieces and nephews, especially ones that are in the middle of the week. And so it was, it was just awesome. And so just kind of sharing that little excitement from this past week. Yeah, it was incredible. And he was so excited. He invited us to their, their stopping to get food on the way back yeah. to their homeschool or, or where, where they're located. And they invited us to come in at the food stop to be yeah. able to hang out with them a little bit more, which was which is incredible. Episode 15, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't watch the celebrity softball game where he was hitting dingers out of the park. <laughs> but the reason I brought that up is it brings up my hope story from this past week, which is actually the weekend of an athlete that I've been gifted to work with for, for quite a while now. I had a, a very significant surgery, was a little unsure if she's going to be able to return back to her sport, and she's a very, very talented collegiate softball player who happened to have a fall ball game and invited us to it, and we were able to go and make it. It was the first time I've seen her back playing on the field, like in 
working with her, we, we went to the field and did some different things. So I fully confident in her abilities, but how do you know what you've done has actually worked for that person long-term? Well, seeing them back in their environment, seeing them back playing again. Yeah. And not only was she back playing, but she hit the game tying double with two RBIs mm-hmm. and scored the game winning run. Mm-hmm. It was so cool to see. And Brandy grew up playing softball, so she was getting all fired up yeah. like during the game. And it was just awesome to watch and just to, again, see her smile and see her joyful, but to know how much work she's put in to be out there on that field. Mm-hmm. Not just to earn the scholarship and to be there, but all she had to do to come back from the injury that she suffered from and, and how she had to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing to get to where she's at now. Mm-hmm. It was just a beautiful moment to see all of her hard work pay off mm-hmm. in, the, in that at bat and then her scoring. And, and she's just, she's out there crushing it. Yeah. Uh, it was such a joy to get to be surrounded by school sports this past week because, you know, we do CrossFit, which is so fun. Like not putting down CrossFit by any means, but there's something about being a kid and playing, you know, in middle school, high school, college, like those, those were the days, not in the sense of like, you can't have that. Like I played slow pitch softball, you know, as an adult and like, that's fun too, but there's just such a youthfulness. I feel like that my eighth grade nephew had, and, and even her, you know, being a collegiate athlete, there's still this youthfulness and this like passion and drive that I'm very thankful that we really just got to be submerged in this past week. Yeah, and I think, you know, what sets softball apart is their their chants. They're like cool little songs. They're like we should bring that into CrossFit. Yeah. Do you know any? Can we can we I do could, one? I could make some up. Yeah. <laughs> Not right now. Not right now. Okay. I meant while we're oh. working out, I'll think of some. All right, got it. <laughs> For CrossFit specifically. For CrossFit but, specifically. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was so fun because I played softball from the time I was in first kindergarten first grade until my junior year of high school and then with injury and things and other things um didn't play my senior year and didn't play in college but like the chants were just part of the environment like it was so much fun and it's funny because like I don't know sometimes the guys are like why are you singing like we're not here to sing but like (laughs) truly like going to the college game hearing the chanting it's like no it it really is like camaraderie and like the team is truly like coming together in such a unique way through those specific songs and like cheering one another on. And I think it's underrated. Like I think of other team sports in high school that should have had more encouragement and cheers and things like that. Not necessarily the cheers, but like intentional encouragement to the different athletes. Mm -hmm. There wasn't. And when there wasn't, there wasn't good communication. And if there's not good communication in a team sport, you're not going to do well. And so I look at like softball teams who have that, like they're phenomenal at communicating through encouragement and through what needs to be communicated for the, you know, efficiency of the game too. And so I'm all here for the, the, the team sports and the cheering and everything. (laughs) (laughs) all right let's dive into the questions (laughs) our first question this week is from a listener named marco and he asks what's the difference between a conventional deadlift and a sumo deadlift great question it was marco marco Mm -hmm. thank you for sending that in marco oh man big debates that are out there a lot of people will say that a sumo deadlift is a cheated rep and a conventional deadlift is a way to do it and anyone that pulls sumo is a cheater because Mm -hmm. and if you're wondering what's a sumo deadlift and a conventional deadlift a sumo deadlift, the best way to describe it is imagine a sumo wrestler 
stepping into their position, like getting ready to go, wide feet, wide base, their feet are pointed out a little bit, and then their hands go inside their legs. So imagine a deadlift, but now your feet are out really wide and you're reaching down to the bar, your arms are between your legs. You're pulling back up. It's a little bit less posterior chain dominant because you're able to use your quads and adductors a little bit further compared to a conventional deadlift, which is the typical setup. Your arms are on the outside of the bar, your hips are up a little bit high, you're hinging back and going down. So sumo deadlift, it's a little bit more of like a squat stance where a conventional deadlift is more of a hip hinge. They both have a hinge involved, but one has more of a hinge than the other one. The reason people think a sumo deadlift is a cheated rep is because people say that you're pulling through less of a range of motion because of the wide stance, which is the case, right? Wider stance, less of a lever, it's easier to get it up there. Where conventional deadlift, it's a little bit harder. So the difference between those two are, well, how are we using them in a program? Mm -hmm. And is one a cheated rep versus the other one? No, Mm -hmm. they're both very intelligently used at different points. So when we look at a conventional deadlift versus sumo deadlift, the sticking points are at different points than each other, right? A conventional deadlift, the hardest part is first pulling it up off the floor, right? So that's where you have the lowest amount of uh, lowest amount of acceleration. As you start to give above the tibia, above your mid shaft of your lower leg, it becomes a little bit faster to get up through there. A sumo deadlift, the acceleration off the floor is really fast. So the sticking point's different in a sumo deadlift versus a conventional one. If you have a sticking point with a conventional deadlift, it's a good time to start using sumo deadlifts to help mitigate that sticking point and vice versa. If you have a sticking point with a sumo deadlift, it's good to implement conventional deadlifts to help where that sticking point may be because the acceleration curve is going to change on those two poles. So that's one reason why why they're different. Well, two reasons. One is the, the stance. Two is the acceleration of, of when the acceleration is happening, when you're reaching the peak velocity of the bar movement. And then the third reason that they're different from each other is just you're getting different muscle groups. You're getting some similar muscle groups where you're getting a little bit different of a muscle group. Let me take you through a quick example of why these both really have a great time and place. Let's take an athlete that has a hamstring strain. And when they get into a conventional deadlift, that hip hinge position, that fires up their hamstring. They're not tolerating that. Well, what if we use a sumo deadlift and then progress them to a conventional deadlift by starting with the sumo, loading them up, doing some more isolated hamstring work, and now using that as a bridge to get back to a conventional deadlift. Mm -hmm. Vice versa, someone has a quad injury, or let's say they're coming back from an ACL injury, and they're not quite getting good squat stance yet, like more of a knee bend, more of that wider stance, they're just not tolerating that. Well, conventional deadlift, you can load up the posterior chain more, the hamstrings, the erectors, the lower back, the lats, you can load that up and take some of the tension away from the knee. So they both can be used very intelligently, in my opinion, the best strength programs have both of them in there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason that you shouldn't pull sumo. There's no reason that you shouldn't pull conventional. The other thing I would say to this is that, not that this was a question, but it's kind of the debate mm-hmm. that's out there. Sure. If a sumo deadlift was a cheated rep, well, wouldn't we see all the world records being pulled with a sumo deadlift? Mm. Like if it was such a great advantage to pull sumo over conventional, wouldn't every person in competition opt to do it sumo? And we see that the, that's not the case. So they both have their time and place. They shouldn't be this this argument of versus. It should be, oh, I pull conventional and sumo versus I pull conventional versus sumo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're two, they're two different lifts, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't, like looking overhead, for example, like a push press where I'm 
bending my knees is different than a strict press Mm -hmm. because I'm not like I'm using different muscles there. And so they're similar. Right. But there's, there's a difference between every, every movement is different. And Mm -hmm. so you shouldn't, I don't know. I get annoyed when people compare and they're like, you're a cheater. Well, stop worrying about me cheating and start lifting your weight. You know, (laughs) no offense. Like I can get juicy, but like at the end of the day, like Margo, I appreciate the question because you want to know the difference and intellectually there is a lot difference and there, there is similars, but they're both so important. Yeah. And this is where I could nerd out for hours on this because this is where like, this is where I love programming, right? these little nuances in physiology and kinematics of, of how these things work and how they should should be implemented in there. So Marco, maybe you're at, your, your adductor is deconditioned. Well, how do we know that? We have to test it using dynamometry and Copenhagen's and different measures. But we find that, hey, your adductor is a little bit weak, but your posterior chain, like your hamstring, your glutes, your erectors, your lats, like those things are strong. Mm-hmm. Like they're putting out some serious force. Let's keep that while getting a little bit more biased towards your adductors by doing a sumo deadlift mm-hmm. like add in that little simple thing and boom there we go hockey number one injury groin injuries well how do we start to mitigate that strength and conditioning program how do what do we want to do in that well we want to bias your adductors sumo deadlift mm-hmm. like that's a great time to use that so yeah it shouldn't be this versus thing they both should be used for their different times and places and that's where the programming gets really fun and the science and mm-hmm. physiology and, and all that. I won't nerd out any longer on it, yeah. but it just it gets me excited. Yeah. And there's something to be say, said too, like if you're only doing conventional deadlifts and your adductors adductors are weak, wouldn't you want to strengthen them? Like um who did I forget who it was, but they had said like you never want to be weaker. You always want to be stronger, right? Oh. And so, like, this is a perfect example. Yeah, Christina Previtt. Yeah. She, I never met a woman in my life, which like, it can go to everyone, but she was talking specifically on, like, pregnancy. But we can take a step back and make it wider that I've never met a person in my life that went into an event saying, wow, I wish I was weaker right. for that event. Right. Like, no, that's not what people want. You want to be stronger. You want to be confident in what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So get strong, do conventional deadlifts and sumo deadlifts. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and I will say it's one of my buddies is a phenomenal sumo deadlifter. Crazy amount of weight he can pull with a sumo deadlift that he can't pull with a conventional. I am a conventional deadlifter and it's partly because of CrossFit and it transfers better into Olympic lifting. So there, there's reasons as to why I choose conventional over sumo. But a few years ago, I was like, yeah, I really should start doing some sumo deadlifts because I did have groin weakness, adductor mm-hmm. weakness. I remember pulling sumo and being so humbled. Of, mm. You know, conventional, 400 pounds coming off the ground. Sumo, 185, I'm struggling, sweating. Where's the chalk? <laughs> should I belt up? Like, what's what's happening here? And it was it was similar, but it was different enough that it was such a humbling experience. Yeah. And everyone has a gap in their game. Work on it. Mm -hmm. and work on it with these simple things yeah i love it (laughs) thank you marco our next question is from a listener named lila and she asks when you look back at your health journey what stands out to you the most whoa (laughs) that's a loaded question lila that is a very loaded question question, and and it's a great question and i'll say for me this is getting individualized and, and it's going back on on my health journey there's there's a lot of things that you can do to improve your well-being a lot of things that you can do 
But what does health mean? What does the word health actually mean? It means to make whole. So you can work on your mental fortitude. You can exercise five to seven days a week. You can have a business. You can have achievements. You can have good friendships. You can have a great relationship. And you can still feel empty. And that blows me away. Mm-hmm. That you can have all of those things and still feel empty. And for me, my health journey, I did all these things to improve my health and longevity because my personal mission is to show the next generation of Caswells, my niece and nephew, eventually when we have kids, not anytime soon, mom, calm down. <laughs> but when that time comes, that we can show them that there's there's a different way to go about this life. Mm-hmm. That our life doesn't have to end with dementia. It doesn't have to end with Alzheimer's. It doesn't have to end with cardiovascular disease and a heart attack that takes your life. Like there's other ways that you can go and you can go peacefully. Mm-hmm. And to show that, well, I need to take care of myself. I need to have good nutritional habits, sleep habits. I need to strive to get 1% better each day. But anyway, you achieve all these things. You, you nail the one percenters. You have your own business. You have all these things going on that are great. And everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. You're doing incredible things. And you're like, yeah. And then you go to bed at night and you're like, I still don't feel fulfilled. Mm. So for me, the biggest part of my health journey, individualized to me, was when I was baptized. Mm-hmm. And that was in April of 2022. And again, the word health means to make whole. And I was missing that piece of what What am I missing that makes me feel whole? And, and it was being baptized. And for me, it was in the Catholic Church and becoming a Christian and, and really practicing the faith. Like that, to me, that was a monumental point in my health journey that I felt full because businesses can come and go. Friendships can come and mm-hmm. go. Books can come and go. Like all these things can come and go. But there's one thing that can be stable in our life. And, and for me, that's what I go to yeah. for that. But Back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what about your health journey? Yeah, I think it's fascinating because when I look at my health journey, um, I could easily go into the doctors that quote unquote failed me, which is not the case, right? They just did the best that they could with what they had. I could go into my mental health struggle of anxiety and depression. I could go into like my self-hatred season. And I think I look back and I look at my health journey and there's just so many seasons Mm -hmm. that I've gone through. And I'm young, you know, I'm not even 30. Like I've been through a lot of different seasons and I'm grateful because you speak when you got baptized. I'm grateful because throughout most of these seasons of my health journey, I have had my faith. I've I've been able to turn to it. And sure, there's been times I've been angry or there's been times that I've been so, so grateful. But I think in the midst of all of it, coming out of chronic pain, anxiety, depression, self-hatred, all these things, now being an athlete and really like a grateful and joyful person, like I look at my whole journey and I think that one of the, the biggest things that I turn to is yes, my faith, having people around me that supported me, but also forgiveness. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that we can, you know, health being to to be whole, I don't think we can be whole without forgiveness. Both extending forgiveness as well as accepting and receiving forgiveness because, and, and you helped me with this, but I didn't realize that I was probably holding on to some anger 
towards these doctors. You know, I think I went to like 10, 12, if not more doctors um, for my injuries and all these things. And I went through and I went back to find each doctor's name that, that as much as I could, or I visualized like the um, the room that I was in when I saw these different doctors and I truly extended like forgiveness to them. But then I also look at like friends who've hurt me and if, or like, you know, boys that hurt me in high school, like things like that, that like, whatever, I'm, I'm over it. But like, have I truly like forgiven mm-hmm. those things and truly like going back to forgive those situations. But I even went through a season of like, Brandy, you're Christian you love the Lord. Why the heck are you struggling with these things? Like you should be fine. And so I had this like, whatever, like this like, uh, self deprecation and I had to forgive like myself and I had to be gentle with myself and, and also allow myself to receive, um, the forgiveness of like for us as Christians, like God forgives me and like truly receiving that rather than like almost rejecting it. Mm-hmm. And um, I could go on and on about <laughs> forgiveness. And I think that some people, they don't want to forgive. I think people don't want to forgive because it scares them. But, and I think people don't want to forgive because in order to forgive, there are times you do have to like go back into those memories, which is hard. Like I'm not saying forgiveness is an easy thing by any means. But if you truly want to be whole and you are, you know, you're working out, you're doing all, all the other things, right? Like you're, you're eating well and what, whatever health you need to list and you know what it is. <laughs> but if you don't, if you don't add like true forgiveness to yourself and to others around you, I think then it, it's hard to really say that you're pursuing an authentic whole whole health journey Mm -hmm. you're pursuing some sort of a health journey but to really have the wholeness I think you do need to have a level of forgiveness yeah there's so much there (laughs) and I I won't go too much into it but a lot of people that we work with or have worked with they've spent thousands of dollars on wellness detoxes because they wanted to avoid actually forgiving Mm -hmm. And they had to go through that step to then get to the point to go, okay, these detoxes are not getting me to where I want to be. There's no science based on what I was doing. Maybe it's now I'm ready to forgive. And and to me, I, I understand like people have to go through these seasons, but I'm also like, what if we did that before you spent thousands of dollars <laughs> yeah. on these things? Like now you have that thousands of dollars to put into a family vacation or the mm-hmm. renovation that you've wanted to do or to go treat yourself with, with something. But it's, I get it. Like it's, we don't control people's paths and plans, mm-hmm. but I do. I'm like, man, I wish we could get to these people sooner yeah. before they spend all their money on this. Yeah, I agree. And I think too that I just look at so many people in my life that are unhappy or unfulfilled and it's because they have and from my perspective it's because they haven't allowed forgiveness into their heart and it's tough too because I at this point in my life I really just believe in mercy like I don't care if someone apologizes to me it's just not worth the burden of holding on to lack of forgiveness and so I'd rather just extend mercy and forgiveness to someone even if they're not you know, apologizing because 
it's just not worth like me holding on to. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like I really believe people are just doing the best with the resources they have. And there are some people who make terrible decisions and hurt people. And I'm not, I'm not saying that like they're the greatest things in the world by any means, but it's not, it's not my job to judge them. Mm-hmm. It, it's my job to love and to be merciful and forgive. And I, I hope that people listening and I hope that more clients that we work with in the future can be more open-minded about forgiveness because I really do think it's the key in the health journey and I really it's hard but it's worth it Mm -hmm. like out of everything it's worth it and so I don't know. I could go on about it. But. Yeah, no, and they're, and they're stepping stones to forgiveness. You know, yeah. you can't just hop right into forgiveness, similar to like, you can't just hop into an Olympic lift. There's there's steps that you need to yeah. achieve to then get to that bigger thing. And, and forgiveness is that Olympic lift. It's mm-hmm. complex. It's, it's, it's difficult to do, but there's, there's gratitude. And there's other things that we use to really progress the person to get ready for that step mm-hmm. of, of forgiveness. For sure, for sure. So Lila, thank you. Thank you for that beautiful question about our health journey. And I just want to um, encourage our listeners, wherever you're at in your health journey, whether you're at forgiveness or you're not, um, whether you have added a spiritual health component or not, maybe just ask yourself, how can I be intentional with my health journey today? How can I pursue wholeness today? And I think that if it starts with a daily recognition of how to pursue wholeness, your journey is going to look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just stick with it. Yeah. You got to stick with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and our last question is from a listener named Andrea. And she asks, I've been wanting to do a juice cleanse to help rid myself of toxins. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> do you know which one is the best to go with? Oh. We laugh because of the previous question yes. that we said. Andrew, thank you for sending that <laughs> yes, in. Thank you, Andrea. Wow. I'm trying to think of where I want to start with this one. Our <laughs> pressed juice is good. We had a great pressed orange juice right. in the train station in Italy, and I think it saved us. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. It was very tasty. It just had this like citrusy taste to it that we needed to get on like the train and get to the next yeah. stop because we we're both for our immune systems were a little bit down yeah. from travel and stress and all those things. It was so great orange juice. that mm-hmm. orange juice was was phenomenal. So our pressed juice is good. Are they are they good to drink? Yeah, for a lot of people, you know, they can get a high level of fruits or vegetables in into the serving that they normally wouldn't be eating. It's a way to kind of sneak those things in. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, these these things are great. But when we get to the idea of a detox, there this is where it gets muddy, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're having these pressed juices because you enjoy the taste and, and it's helping you get some more fruits and veggies in, awesome. Mm-hmm. Don't don't change that. Like keep keep doing that. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it with a detox, and, and what do these detox typically look like? Well, you're not eating anything. Mm-hmm. You're you're having this juice for sometimes five, seven, 14 days, it's juice and water. And the juice is giving you the calories to, to detox your system. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Because one, like some people will feel a little bit better when doing it, but it's just because they're not eating the foods that they were typically eating before that have all these preservatives and additives in them, right? So if you're eating a clean diet, you don't need to do these detoxes. 
I'll even add into this to kind of stretch it a little bit further that even if you are eating those things, your body is naturally detoxing every single day. Mm. If you have a liver and you have one kidney, your body is detoxing over and over and over again. If you have two kidneys, it's detoxing even further to get these things that are out of there. What we forget is that, and we're seeing this toxin craze right now of yeah. toxins in the clothes, toxins in our food. And, and yes, our foods here are very processed and they're not as healthy as they could be. But what we forget is that our body adapts to the toxins that are put into it if it's given in, in the right dosage and actually becomes stronger in the long run. So there's, there's one research study I like to share that happened with this community that lived near a nuclear power plant. And the researchers were studying, they have all of this stuff coming out of the factory. These people are not going to live as long as some a, a community that doesn't live near this nuclear power plant. So they followed them for years. I don't know the exact amount of years off the top of my head right now, but they followed them for years and they just marked what was the average lifespan in this community versus the lifespan of the community not in, near this power plant. Well, the people near the power plant actually lived longer than the people that weren't near the power plant. The researchers were stunned. How do we try to explain this? And the reason that they came up with was because they were exposed to low-level toxins over and over again, mm -hmm. that their body actually became more resilient and more adaptable to things happening in their environment, that they didn't have as much illness, they didn't have as much cold and flus and these things because their body actually was built up more. Mm -hmm. Another part I'll, I'll digress to is that before we go to a juice cleanse or a juice detox and you can notice that i'm not going to offer a juice detox to do because i don't believe in it yeah like <laughs> again <Sorry>, andrea <laughs> add them to part of your diet to supplement it but you do yeah. not need to go on a juice cleanse this industry is making millions of dollars and there's absolutely no science on it whatsoever mm -hmm. you know science doesn't have all the answers like i will admit that like very honestly at any point in my life science does not have all of the answers but it doesn't have a lot of the answers of what we don't need to be doing. And right now there's more science that needs to come out on this, but the science that we have right now is saying, no, what you need is calories that are coming from good sources of food and not having additives and, pres and preservatives. Now, that being said, before we ever even think of a juice detox or juice cleanse, or to that matter, an ionic foot bath and all these other things that are out mm -hmm. there in, in wellness, and, and I'm not saying you know, wellness is a terrible thing to achieve. No, it's a great thing. Our goal is to help you achieve wellness. There's just better scientific ways and strategies that will get you there more than these things that, that are out there. So get calories, get them from good sources of food. Also, if you have a lot of toxins in your body, right, you have a lot of free radicals, antioxidants are what comes in and sweeps up those free radicals and, and cleanses you of those things. If you have too many toxins in your body, we can't just be looking at diet. Mm -hmm. What's your sleep like? And most of these people that are going on these juice detoxes, they're sleeping four or five hours a night. Get seven, eight hours. Your body will detoxify itself faster than this two-week cleanse. Sleep is huge. We talked on nutrition, relationships, fulfillment, spirituality, like this whole thing of pursuing health. If you're doing these things, that's going to lead you to having a detoxed system. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't want people to believe that they need to be like toxin free to achieve health. Yeah. If you are toxin free in this day and age that we live in, you're actually probably going to become more sick than the people that are adapting to the toxins that are out there. Mm -hmm. Because you could 
do all these juice cleanses, do all these ionic foot baths, do, do all these things. And guess what? Canada has a wildfire and it's coming through <laughs> and you better be ready to adapt to that where the people that have been out in the environment and have been exposed to some smoke at lower levels, they're not smoking every single day, but they've been exposed to it walking around. They're going to be ready and more adaptable to wildfire smoke that's coming by them. So just a quick example that popped up in my head for some reason. <laughs> but that's 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 my take yeah. on that. Get calories, take care of your sleep, understand that all toxins, like we don't need to completely detoxify everything that we do. Old school, kids eating dirt. I mean, one of our nieces literally <laughs> eats grass. Yeah. Like puts all these different things in her mouth and she hasn't gotten sick yeah like she's had some physical injuries because she's wild and jumps on <laughs> everything that she can and just like has this awesome energy and just like always wants to play and is you know decent risk taker <laughs> but she doesn't get sick yeah and it's because she's out and she's exposing herself another point that i'll quickly make is that the reason that vegetables are healthy for us is because they release a specific chemical in us that the plant releases when it's getting attacked. Mm. So when you're eating broccoli, the plant's going, oh, I'm getting attacked, and it releases a toxin in our body, <laughs> and then we adapt to that toxin, actually makes our immune system become healthier. So the reason that veggies are healthier for us is because it's actually a low-level toxin that we're then adapting to to become healthier. Yeah. So, yeah. To- toxic broccoli. Toxic broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I also want to comment into is like, what is your mindset, right? Like that was a lot of information and maybe Andrea's very confused now because she just wanted a cleanse, juice cleanse to do, but instead we provided her with greater truth and greater perspective. So if you're kind of in the same boat, like what is, what is your mindset going forward? Well, number one, I think openness, right, is huge. Like, I have, I have a friend who's really big into essential oils and, like, wants to sell them and, like, all these different things. I love what she's doing. And I was so impressed the other day because in my head, I there's all these accounts on social media that are like, do this juice cleanse. Make sure that you have no chemicals in your cleaning supplies. Make sure your makeup's clean. Like, all these things, right? Which I'm not saying is bad by any means, but I was so impressed with my friend because... Her caption said, like, yet, like, before anything else, it's more toxic if you start stressing out about all of these things rather than, like, just taking it one day at a time. Like, if you look at this, like, toxic world or whatever, and you're like, oh, I need to change this, 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 you obsessing over it, like, that's more toxic for you than anything else. Yeah. And so, like, what, what is your mindset? I feel like you wrapped up everything I was trying to say in that statement, but I just got too fired up because it's something I'm really passionate about. And the reason is what we mentioned is that people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars and valuable time and resources Mm -hmm. because this thing is saying that it's going to get you there. And and they use all these natural fallacies that, well, this was made from this. So this is why it's going to create this to happen. And it's going to enhance mitochondrial activity and do this and do this and improve ATP and you go, oh, yeah, there's some science there. That makes sense. And and, and, and I'll, I'm going to say this because people will go, no, there's research on this. Mm-hmm. And they'll send us these articles. And, and to save ourselves some emails, <laughs> what I'll say is, please, 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 please check who the authors are of this research article. Because what happens is that most of these companies will hire researchers to make 
something non-significant seem significant to make a significant product to try to make that thing that they found to be non-significant that they made significant to use this product to now make it non-significant. Mm -hmm. And you follow that trail of research and it's it's junk science. It's terrible research. Yeah. It's not put up against a control group. They'll, they will say that it is on their website, but we've been through a lot of research articles that people have sent to us. Uh, I won't mention the exact products and names of stuff now, but a lot of them, and you, and you follow and they're like, oh yeah, we did our research in-house and this is what we found. It's, it's terrible research. It's not actually research. It's biased because you're trying to make a case for your product. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Everyone is, is, is trying to do that. People could make the case that we're trying to do that. Right. But the difference is that we're doing it based off of the actual science yeah. and like these science fundamentals and faith fundamentals that are actually going to get you there. And we're not going to fluffy up for this $200 juice cleanse when we know that that's not the truth and that's not what's going to get you to where you want to be. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. So Andrea, I hope that that was helpful. And our other listeners, I, I think a lot of people might I don't want to say struggle with the answer, but I'm mind blown. Like I already know this stuff because we talk about it, but it still like blows my mind on a regular basis. The like this toxic cleanse, natural, like all these different things, right? But I think to go back to Lila's question, all of this is just pursuit of a better health journey and wholeness. Yeah. It's all just in pursuit of a better health journey and wholeness. And we want people to be the best versions of themselves and truly become who they're meant to be. And the the world is going to be a better place when every person is pursuing wholeness and every person is pursuing the person that they're meant to be. And so, Andrea, I thank you for your question. And Lila, I thank you for your question. And Marco, I thank you for your question. Because all, this, all these questions help us pursue the person that we're meant to be and pursue greater wholeness. Absolutely. Thank you for those questions. And sometimes to get to hope, we have to dive into the nope and where yeah. this information is coming from so that people can make better decisions and look at articles and go, oh, this is junk science versus this is actual science showing that this thing could be beneficial to part of my health journey. And and as you've probably gotten from this episode that, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of pieces that go together. And for you, it's going to be a, a little bit different than what it is for us, but the framework is the same. Mm -hmm. It's just pulling the levers on which one do you need to work on a bit more, whether it's spirituality and just a belief that there's something out there that's that's bigger than you and, and a creator that's bigger than you. For us, it's Christianity. For other people, it might be other things, and, mm -hmm. and that's okay. And, and it might be levers on you're spending too much on wellness detoxes, <laughs> and, and we need to pull that lever down and, and spend that on some other things that are going to lead to more fulfillment. And as Brandy said, if you're super stressed about this, well, that's going to be more toxic than anything mm -hmm. else. So we need simple frameworks. And I, you know, shameless plug, I urge you to get a copy of the book, Hope Not Note, because it provides that framework in there for you. It gives you the whole framework, gives you reflect and reflection questions, gives you chapter practices that you can take this and really do it mm -hmm. on your own. And then if you struggle or if you're stuck, well, that's when we're here for hope coaching. But the mm -hmm. book is really meant to be that tool yeah. and that framework for you. So again, thank you for those questions. Again, Andrea, I, I hope you feel inspired. You probably yes. have a lot to digest and are a little like, dang, I bought the juice. Do I drink it? Do I <laughs> do I throw it out? Don't throw it out. Like Drink the juice. Still drink the juice. Also eat a steak. Eat, eat a steak yeah. with it. Yeah, juice and steak. Let, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> have a great week. And remember, every day is not just a day to be hopeful. It's an opportunity to become hope. 
the Hope Not Note podcast is meant for educational, informational, and personal development purposes only and does not constitute any health or medical advice. If you're looking for specific advice, connect with us to work with a Hope Coach. The Hope Not Note podcast shall not be liable or responsible for any loss or damage allegedly arising from any information or suggestions in this podcast.